All right, we're going to read Genesis 1, 1 to 4. I should have opened it while you guys were looking to. Oh, look, it's first page. Not hard. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Okay. Now we're going to move to Revelation. So that's the very last book of the Bible. Whoa. And that's Revelation chapter 21. Reading the first and to the fourth verse. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Cool. Thanks, Steph. How's this, right? Got here and we didn't have like a lectin thing. And so the tech crew made one. How good's that? It's like, it's like a mic stand with a, some cable ties on it. It's crazy. It's so good. Well, look, I'm excited to be here with us. Um, no, nah, I trust you guys. It's not going to break. We're all good. Look, I want us to start our time all the way out here in Dubbo by actually casting our minds back to home. All right? Now, I want you to think about a, just a, a stock standard normal day on the coast for you. All right? Normal day. Things you do, people you talk to, places you go. I reckon for most of us, it's something like this, right? You're at home, you're having a good old snooze, and someone comes and wakes you up and disturbs you out of that. You're not happy at this point, right? You've been waking up, and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get up. Then you roll back to sleep, right? Or you hit snooze if it's your alarm. But then they come back time and time and time again, and eventually you get up. Eventually you get up, and you begin... Maybe the most dangerous part of the day is the walk from your bed to wherever you're going at the start, right? Because about maybe 10% of your senses are working. Your eyes are like a bit like this. You're not really feeling much. It is a dangerous time. But you get to wherever you're going. You get to the kitchen and it's breakfast time. One of my favourite times, right? And you get out your wheat bix you get out your milk. If you're vegan or something, you have to have almond milk so you've got to milk the almonds first or whatever you have to do with that, right? But you have your breakfast. And then the rest of the day happens, you have a shower or something, you get on a bus, you sit in school for six hours, then you catch a bus home, you get home, you've got a bit of free time, so you might, you, know, you might do some homework, you might do some assessments, you might binge watch Riverdale if you like that, you might start looking up conspiracy theories, I love doing that, right? You can do whatever you want in that time, but then you go to bed, you wake up the next day, 
and the cycle starts again. That's a pretty standard day, right? But now imagine that you got, you got to look into the future, a real look into the future. Imagine you found out that you were going to die in two weeks. Imagine that. How would that change everything you did for that next two weeks? It'd change everything, wouldn't it? Every day that you got up, you would be thinking about more. It would change everything that you did. Because knowing what the future holds should completely change all of our lives. Knowing what the future holds. And that's the exact thing we're going to be looking at in our night talks this year, right? We mentioned it before. We're looking into the future. The people who write the books call this eschatology. There's a fancy word if you want to impress someone. It just means it's looking at the last things. It's looking at the future. And so we've called this the future of everything. The God who made time and and controls all of it has given us what the future holds. He's told us what happens. And that should completely change us here and now. And we're going to kick off this week by looking at the new creation. We're looking at heaven, what's coming, right? And so here's a question for you. And when I ask, I'm going to get you to turn to each other and ask it. What do you think heaven will be like? What do you think heaven will be like? Talk to someone next to you, find out what they say. Not safe. All right, let's bring it back in. Let's bring it back in. Now, I don't know what you guys came up with, but I reckon if you ask lots of people what heaven will be like, they'd come up with something like this. All right? They'd come up with something like that. It's kind of this weird, airy, fairy place in the clouds with like somewhat naked angels playing harps. There's a cheeky unicorn on that one. That's pretty exciting, right? I reckon that's what most people would come up with, some weird, airy, fairy thing. Is that what heaven's like? Is that the thing, the place that we look forward to? Because to be honest, that looks kind of boring. I'm not heaps pumped for that. (laughs) And so... If you're a Christian, my hope is that tonight, as we go through the Bible, where God has revealed the future to us, my hope is that you will see what heaven's like, not what people think it's like, but what God has told us that it will be like. And I hope that you'll be more excited than ever to go there, because it is an exciting place to be, and that you'll be thankful for Jesus for making it possible, and that you would then let that vision of the future shape and change and mould your life crazily. That is my big hope for us. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, my hope is that you see what's on offer to you. Jesus has purchased this for you if you would take it. Heaven is on offer to you. And so I hope you would see how epic it's going to be and that you would take him up on that offer. Now, Steph's already prayed for us, so we're going to get straight into it. But before we do, 
fat booklets, right? I encourage you guys to take notes. It'll, it'll help you for two ways. It'll help you to listen now as you take notes. But it's also, like Steph said, you'll look back on this on the future and be stoked, right? It'll, be, it'll help you. So I don't know what page we're on. 12. I trust you. We're on page 12. If not, you'll find it, right? Page 12. We're looking at heaven, the new creation. You'll see why it's called the new creation in a second. We're going to see three big things about the new creation tonight. You ready for that? Yeah? First one, the new creation will be rock solid. The new creation will be rock solid. Make sure you've got your Bibles open. We're going to be jumping all over the place tonight. And so you want to be looking down at your Bible. And if you don't have one, make sure you get one, like Steph said. We're in Revelation 21. Now, Revelation is the last book of the Bible, and heaps of it is about the future, what the future holds, and how it should shape and change and fix your life, right? And in this chunk we're about to read, John, the guy who wrote it, has been given a vision of God of the future. Crazy, right? Here's what he saw, Revelation 21, verse 1, eyes down. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. In the future that John sees that God shining, there is a new heaven and there's a new earth. Have you guys ever heard of deja vu? It's that feeling of like, hold on a second, I've seen this somewhere before. This is a major case of deja vu, right? Where have we seen this before? There's there's a big thing of this happening. Where, Where have I heard of God making the heavens and the earth? That's in Genesis, right? We read it before. The very first words of the Bible in Genesis are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the Bible starts with God creating the heavens and the earth. He makes everything. And it ends with God creating a new heavens and a new earth. And so the end of the Bible is less of an ending and more of a new beginning, I think that's really exciting. In the beginning, God made everything. He made the universe, the heavens and the earth. In the end, God will make it new. The first creation, this creation that we're in, right, that God made, it's rock solid. It's it's physical, right? You can feel stuff. And isn't it good? Isn't this creation good? And there's so much epic stuff here. There's the ocean. There's mountains. There's heaps of them here. There's there's Trees, there's sand, there's coconuts, there's flowers. This creation is epic. It is so good. God did an amazing job when he made this creation, didn't he? Here's the thing. Revelation is telling you that the new one is going to be like this one. It's going to be real. It's going to be physical. The new creation isn't some weird, ghostly airy fairy place like that, it's going to be rock solid like this one. It's going to be a new world to live in. There'll be stuff you can feel in it, stuff you can smell in it, stuff you can taste in it. There's there's going to be stuff to eat, there's going to be grass to lie in, forest to walk through, ocean to swim in. Now, we don't know all the its and bits of it, right? But Revelation 21 is telling us this creation now is your clue of what the new one will be like, rock solid. And you'll be able to experience it in all of its rock solidness 
because you'll be rock solid. The people there will be rock solid. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to see here how we can know we'll be rock solid. This chapter is an epic chapter about the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrated on Sunday with Easter. It's a good time. The fact that Jesus is risen from the grave. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. It says this, But Christ, Jesus, has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, when he's talking about people who have fallen asleep, he's talking about Christians who have died, right? And so Jesus is the first fruits of Christians who have died. Now, that's still pretty confusing, right? So, and so what is a first fruit? Well, the first fruit's like a prototype. Do any of you guys watch these weird, like, Apple release events? James loves them, right? Good stuff, James. What they do is you get someone and they hold up an iPhone and you know if I go buy an iPhone, it's going to be like that one. The one they hold up is the prototype that the rest are going to be like. So in another 10 years, when it's the iPhone 20 XS2 Plus or whatever it is, right, they're going to hold it up bigger than ever. And you know that if you go and buy one, it's going to look like that one. Because the first one's the prototype and the rest that come are going to look like that one. And so when we rise from the dead, if we're Christians, we're going to be like Jesus' body. And so what's the, what's the natural question that comes out of that? What's his body like? What's his body like? Well, the first thing is Jesus' risen body was rock solid. It's rock solid. He, wasn't, he didn't raise to life as a ghost. He, didn't, he wasn't just a vision. He wasn't a, just a spirit. Jesus, the person, physically, really rose from the dead. And there's a bunch of ways we can know this, right? Firstly, Jesus' body was missing from the tomb. If it was just a weird spirit-raised thing, his body would still be there. His body is missing. Secondly, people saw Jesus in person. His disciples saw him, and over 500 other people saw him after he came back to life. In his body. They touched him. He's rock solid. He wasn't a spirit or a ghost. And because he's a physical, real person, right, he ate stuff. I always find that funny when I read it. But the risen Jesus ate because he's a real rock solid person and he's the prototype for us. We'll be the same, rock solid. The second thing, Jesus' body was the same. It was his same body. People recognised Jesus when they saw him. He had holes in his hands from the cross. He had the scars from it. People recognised him. He was rock solid. He was the same. But he was also different. Same and different. It's kind of wacky, right? There was something different about him. Kind of like a Captain America vibe, right? So Captain America was this scrawny looking dude, all right? He was a scrawny looking dude. What's his name? Steve Rogers, all right, he's a scrawny looking dude, and then something weird and wacky happened, I don't really know what happened, right, but then he turned into like the real Captain America. Now you look at him and you're like, they're kind of the same, but that guy's heaps better, right? That guy sucks, that guy's sick, right? It was the same, but it's different. And so how was Jesus different? Well, like I said, people did recognise Jesus, but man, it took him a while, 
They didn't quite recognise him straight away. Now, part of that's probably that they didn't expect him to come back from the dead. But he also does crazy stuff, right? John chapter 20, verse 19, his disciples are hiding out in a locked room. Jesus appears in there. Now, I know what's going on there, but there's something different, right? He's rock solid. You can touch him. He's the same, but he's different. And he's our prototype. Our body will be like that. We'll have a new body for a new creation. A rock solid body for a rock solid creation. You know, sometimes, like we said at the start, people think heaven's going to be this weird, boring, airy fairy place. But the Bible doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say that at all. It's going to be like now, but so much better. So much better. God has done an epic job with this world. And, it's, and this world's going to be nothing, nowhere near as good as the new one. The absolute best of this world is the bare minimum of how good the new one will be. It's like, keep it so much better. Think of one of some of your favourite stuff in this creation. Think of it. There's music here. There's forests. There's stars. There's planets. There's water. There's dogs. There's dancing. There's the beach. There's the colour yellow here. There's trees. There's fruit. There's coffee. This place is sick. James, this is not a dialogue, my friend. All right? There are so many amazing things here. And it's the bare minimum of how good the new creation will be. I don't think God's going to waste all the good stuff he made here. I reckon some of those things that we love here are going to be in the new creation. And if they're not there, it's because God's replaced them with something that's heaps better than them. The new creation heaps better than here. Imagine this, right? What if there are colours that God is waiting to show us in the new creation? Better than here. What if there are flavours that we can't taste here that he's saving for us in the new creation? What if there's musical notes that he is saving for us in the new creation? It is going to be heaps, heaps better than here. If you like this creation, the new creation is going to blow you away. And that's what we wait for as Christians. That's our hope that we have. Not harps, not clouds, a rock-solid new creation. Now, remember, all this week, we're looking at what the future is and how it changes our life. And so the question should be, how does that change the way I live here? Well, here's one. It means you don't need to experience everything here and now. You just don't need to. This world will try and tell you, YOLO, <laughs> you only live once. But you know that's just a lie. That's just straight up wrong, right? We don't just live here. We've got the new creation. YOLO is actually pressure. Because everyone's trying to cram everything they can into this short space of life. They've got to try and do everything. They've got to try and... Try every amazing food. They want to do every experience they can. They want to visit every country because they think we've only got this time, but we've got forever to do those things. We've got forever. You don't need to worry about the pressure of YOLO because you know it's wrong. If you don't experience any of those things in this world, 
You won't miss out. You cannot miss out because the new creation is coming. Can I tell you one place I love the look of? Croatia. I follow so many Croatia Instagram pages, right? I think it looks amazing. I love it. But I don't reckon I'll ever go to Croatia. Although it's my dream place to visit, I don't reckon I'll ever go. And you know what? I'm fine with that. That's okay to me. Because this Croatia, as good as it is, has nothing on the new Croatia that's coming. The new one's going to be heaves better than this one. I don't need to visit it now. I've got forever. The new creation will be rock solid. Doesn't that sound good? It sounds good, right? But there is a part of that that I reckon for some people is actually quite scary. Because if it's going to be like this creation, what about all the messed up stuff? The pain, the suffering, the evil. Does God care about all that stuff here and now? And if he does, what's he going to do about it in the new creation? Well, the Bible answers this decisively and it answers it beautifully. Here's the second big thing we're going to see tonight. The new creation will be restored. Come with me to Romans chapter 8. This is up there in a survey I took just then of myself, of the best chapters in the Bible. God knows that this creation is in pain. He knows that we've broken it, but he's promised he's going to fix it. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. 28 is a good verse, though. Chapter 8, verse 19. For the creation, this creation, waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 19, the creation is waiting Verse 20, creation is frustrated. Verse 21, it's in bondage to decay. This world now is messed up, isn't it? Have you felt that? It's broken. Nature is beautiful, but it's also broken. We experience sickness. There's earthquakes, tsunamis. There's death. Look at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. I mean, the Bible knows, God knows that this world is broken. We've broken it by our sin. And now the whole creation is groaning. Ah, it's groaning. It groans with natural disasters and sickness and death. It groans. That's what those things are. Whenever you feel or you experience any of that, it's not right. It's the creation being broken. It's hurting. But God will fix it. 
He will fix it. Remember back in Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This world is going to pass away to make room for the new one because it needs a fresh start. It needs a whole do-over, right? Here's a picture of a car that's kind of like my old car. I couldn't get a photo of it, but that's one like it. Now, can I tell you, my car was messed up. It was, it was proper messed up, right? So I'm trying to remember all the bits. Like, it's engine light, always on. I checked, engine was still there, don't know what the problem is. But the engine light, always on. There was a hole in the front of the car. That's not right, right? If you've got a hole in the front of your car, fix that up. It had a hole in the front. But here's the worst bit about it. You had to always have the accelerator on. If you ever took it off, the car turns off. That was a dangerous game to play, right? So you'd see a stop sign coming up and you'd have to play this weird game of taking your foot a little bit off the accelerator but still braking. It was messed up, right? My car was properly messed up and you can have it if you like, right? Um, Now imagine this, right? With my messed up car, Mr. Ferrari comes to me. I assume that's a real person. I don't know, right? And he comes up to me and I'm like, oh, there's my car. And he's like, hey, can we can we do something with your car? Except, he's, what are they, Italian? Can we do something with your car? You need the hand or else it doesn't work, right? He wants to do something with my car and I'm like, all right, go for it. What are you going to do? Are you going to turn off the engine light? That'd be pretty cool. And he's like, no. And that was Christopher Walken. That was a weird one, right? But he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm ditching the accent from now on, right? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, oh, are you going to plug something in the hole at the front? That'd be pretty good. He's like, nah. I'm like, oh, you could fix the weird accelerator thing. That'd be great. And he's like, man, that is not going to cut it. This car needs a fresh start. And so they burn it all down and they make it into a Ferrari GT. All right? They make it out of my car. It's kind of my car still, but it's just heaps better. And all of that bad stuff from it is fixed. It's gone, right? That's pretty good news. That's kind of like what's going on with this creation and the new creation. God's going to fix all that's wrong with this one. All of it. He knows it's messed up. And so he's going to melt it down and he's going to start fresh. It's going to be heaps, heaps better. And like Romans 8 just said, it's going to be free. No more groaning. Free from sin forever. And so now that you know that this world is going to be burned up and made new, what are you going to invest your life in now? What are you going to invest in? If I knew that Mr. Ferrari was coming to do that stuff to my car, do you think I'd invest stuff into my car? I'm like, oh, I know he's going to trash it, but I should probably put in a new CD player. Or I know they're going to come and make it like that, but it could use some Bluetooth. Or it could use some of those six spinners on the wheels. They're really cool. I like them, right? Or maybe I'll put a new paint job on it. That's stupid, right? That's crazy. That's like investing stuff in this life. Caring about having a really nice house in this life. Caring about having a really good, the best car in this life. Having heaps of cash in this life. Getting the best clothes, keeping up with fashion as much as you can in this life. 
It's all going to get trashed. God's starting you. Why would you invest your life in things that aren't going to make it? Now, that's not saying you can't enjoy stuff here. Enjoy it. Our good God has given us really good stuff to enjoy. And so enjoy it and help it point you to the new creation. Whenever you're enjoying something, something that you love, just go, heaven's going to be better than this. Heaven's going to be better than this. But as you're enjoying stuff, right, ask, is this going to matter in the new creation? And just be careful that you're not investing your life into stuff. Don't invest your life into stuff. The headline here is that God is going to restore creation, fully fixed. But what about us? What's he going to do with us? What does it mean for us as people? What's he going to do? Revelation again, flick back there. Revelation 21, verse 4. What a promise this one is. He, that's God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Wow. Or mourning. Or crying. Or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Oh, did you catch that? This verse is one for Anyone who's ever felt pain, God will wipe it. Anyone who has ever felt heartache, anyone who's lived with anxiety, with depression, anyone who's lost, God will wipe every tear from your eye. Oh, many of you have poured out tears and you think that because God hasn't done something about it now, that he doesn't care He cares so much. He can't wait to wipe that tear from your eye. He will do it himself. He's promised it. When God gives us his new creation, there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more death. Wow. I can't even imagine how good that will be because I've only lived here where it's got all of that stuff. I can't imagine how good a world with no more loneliness would be. A world with no more fighting. A world with no more injustice, no more mental illness. No no more justice, no more injustice. Heaps of justice, heaps of that. No more poverty. No more betrayal. No more fear, no more heartache. God will wipe those tears from our eyes. And so when you feel like God doesn't care, remember that promise. He's going to do something about it. He set the day when he will. That's your eternity. That's your eternity, your forever. A caring, heavenly father. Your suffering hurts him. He can't wait to fix it. Only Christians have that hope. Do you know how special that is? People live in this messed up world with no hope of a better one. You've got the promise of the one that's coming. What a hope. Here's the thing. If you're excited for it already, 
you haven't even heard the best part about the new creation. That stuff's sick, but there's better stuff. Who's your, who's your favourite muso? I wonder who it is, right? I found it hard to think of mine, but I reckon one of them is definitely John Mayer. Yeah, a bit of some John Mayer fans. I love John Mayer. Man, look at that guitar face. You know you're really good at guitar if you look like you're in pain when you're playing, right? A couple of years ago, I got to see him at a concert. It was a good time. Uh, and the food there was epic. There was like food stalls. It was a good time, right? That was really good. Um, the crowd was sick. They were loving it. There was a good energy there. The music was incredible. It was so good hearing it, right? But even that's not why I was there. Because I could have put that music on at home. It still would have been really good. Why would I go to the concert of John Mayer? Because he's there. He's there in front of me. John Mayer. That's sick. Here's the best part about the new creation. Here is the best possible thing about it. The new creation will have God there. The new creation, we will be reunited. That is the last thing we're going to see. And it is by far the best. It's not even close. We will be reunited with God and reunited with God's people. Revelation 21 again, looking at verse 3. Man, this might be one of the best verses in the Bible. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place where he is, is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. What the actual heck? How good is that? God dwelling with his people. You will live forever with the God who made you there. Wow. The God who made the universe. The God who loved you so much that he sent his son for you. Right now... We have a relationship with God and it is so good, right? But it's kind of like a long distance relationship. When we get to heaven, we're going to be with our God. Does that blow your mind? We will be with him. And if it doesn't, you've just got to spend more time getting to know how amazing he is. You've got to read his word more. This, this is the reason that heaven will never get boring. Heaven will never be boring. I reckon any good activity here in this life, if you did it enough, you'd probably get over. Skating is sick. It's a really good time. If you did it all the time, there's only so much you can do, right? You're probably going to get over it. That feeling is not the same with God. It's not the same. You know when you, when you first meet someone and for the first while you're just always finding out new info about them? You're like, that's really interesting, that's really cool. Eventually that ends with them, right? Because there's only so much that they've done in their life. God is infinite. There are literally infinitely amazing things about him. There are literally infinitely cool things about him. It's going to take us forever to scratch the surface of how amazing he is. 10,000 years into it, we'll be like, wow, God is incredible. It will never get over it. 
In one of the songs we sing, it says, it seems as if eternal days are just far too short to sing his praise. Because he's infinitely incredible. That song nails it. All of eternity is too short to work out and praise how good this God is. He's the one who thought of you in eternity past. He's the one who created you exactly as you are. He's the one who has given you every good thing that you have. He's the one who has sustained you, who keeps your heart beating, who keeps your lungs breathing. He's the one who has loved you this whole time and who has shown it so perfectly by sending his son for you. He's the one who's made it possible for us to be in the rock-solid, restored and reunited new creation. Eternal days, far too short to sing his praise. He is amazing. You will be reunited with your God. Wow. And we'll be reunited with God's people. This is what it's talking about in verse 2 of Revelation 21. Read it with me. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Later on, you find out that city that's coming down is the church. Not the church is in the building, right? But God's people, the church. As Christians, we have the hope of being reunited with each other and every person who's ever trusted in Jesus. The ones you've lost who trust in Jesus, you will see them again. Can I tell you, knowing this stuff is one of the reasons I love fat so much. It's one of the reasons fat is so good. Because we're hanging out, like Steph was saying before, in community together. We're hearing about and learning about the work and character and the epicness of our God in His Word. Does that remind you of something? It's a taste of heaven, but nowhere near as good. It's a, it's a taste, but heaven is going to be so much better. The new creation that God is making is rock solid. It's restored and it's reunited. When you see that, what is this world, hey? How much better is what's coming? Imagine you went to the movies you're going to watch Endgame or something, you're pumped for it, and your mate's sitting there with you and the trailers come on, and you're watching the trailers, and the trailers finish. And he goes, man, that was great. All right, see you later. <laughs> and he, How weird is that? What, why are you so focused on the trailers, dude? Endgame's starting. It goes for like 100 hours or something ridiculous. But like, he's missed the point. He's missed the main event. Guys, you've got to remember, this world is not the main event. Don't get sucked into believing that this world is the big thing. Don't be so dumb as to invest your whole life into stuff here and now. It's not the main event. Don't make that mistake. And you stop yourself from making it by keeping your eyes fixed on the new creation, what's coming. And so don't miss out on being there. Not everyone will be there, only those who trust in Jesus. So if that's not you, this is on offer to you. Trust in Jesus. 
And for those of us who do trust in Jesus, look forward to it, man. Be excited for it. It's the best and it's coming and it's coming soon. So spend this, work, spend this life now investing in things that will matter for then. And we're going to spend the rest of the week looking at what those things are. Praise our God. That's what we're going to be doing forever. <laughs> and so get used to doing it. We don't deserve to be with him, but he has made a way. And when we are home, what joy is going to fill our heart then? Let's, let's pray. Father, you are so incredible. If we spent our whole life now digging into how good you are, we wouldn't get close. We thank you for who you are and we thank you that you have made a way for us to be in the new creation and we thank you for how epic it's going to be. Rock solid like this one, but better. Fixed, sin erased and all of its effects and reunited with you. Father, would you help us please to keep our eyes on the new creation and invest in stuff that's going to be worthwhile then. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing.